0: I mean, He's been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting in Work, episode 89 of the interview podcast on the 8-Bit Collective. We are powered by Audio Technica, and I'm your host, John Peck. This week, we have Joel Rennie on the show. But first, a few announcements. We've got some brand new merch over at designbyhumans.com slash shop slash putting in work. There's a badge logo that Brendan from 8-Bit has designed for me. It's really cool. You can get the pocket design. You can get it as a logo across the chest. So go check that out. Help support the show. Speaking of Brendan, the two of us will be part of an Audio-Technica panel at PAX Australia coming up in just a week. That's very exciting. So come along if you want to hear all about... What You Need to Know Before You Go Live with a podcast, YouTube series, streaming, whatever it is, that panel's called Before You Go Live. It's in the Galar Theatre, just after the Bethesda Trivia panel with Pete Hines. That's on the Saturday. Really excited for that. There's also going to be a Mario Tennis Aces competition on the Sunday. I'm going to have a whole lot of content coming out of PAX, so stay tuned for that. There will also be a big announcement for 8-Bit coming up next week, so you can see that on the YouTube We Are 8-Bit, or this podcast feed. Now, Joel Rennie is a guy that I have never actually had the pleasure of meeting, though we've been in the same spaces over the past couple of years at these kinds of events like PAX. But he's a really good dude, part of the 8-Bit Collective with the Dungeons & Dragons podcast, I Speak Giant. He's been a really big supporter of this podcast, and he does so many things. He's a busy, busy guy, so I thought it'd be great to get him on here and talk about them. Most notably, he is the founder of the charity marathon Generosity, which raises money every year through multiple events for excellent causes in the games community, most notably Checkpoint and Child's Play. Also, the global video producer at Finder.com. He started a company called Those Wizards that runs events, and he runs a shanty club, of all things. So, that should give you a bit of an idea of the kind of guy that Joel is. He's a lot of fun and he's great to talk to, a very, very hard worker. We're mostly talking about his professional work through multiple streams of going into marketing and music management and eventually into video production, but also how that's informed his approach to generosity, which is a quite a big operation by this stage. It involves a lot of streamers. There's a lot that can go wrong, so... It really helps to have a bit of a professional background in that as well, I think. And you can see how those two things have related to each other more and more over the years that he's been doing them. So without further ado, here's Joel Rennie. Enjoy the show. Joel, thank you for joining me. It's awesome to have you here.
1: No, thank you, Chana. This is I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm a little, you know, I'm nervous, which is I, I don't actually get that nervous lately, but I'm am nervous for some reason. What makes you Is it the fact that you listened to the Jared
0: Petty episode 3 times and I think so. and you think you're think wondering I... if anyone's going to listen to yours 3 times, so you better get you it know,
1: right. <laughs> a part of me is like I wonder if, if Jared's going to listen to this. Oh, yeah. I I don't think I could handle that. You know, I'm going to have to just exclude it from his you know, like send it out on social just to everything but him, yeah. and, and that would be great. I'll send it direct to Jared. <laughs> no, don't. You're just saying, like, the story
0: of of you and I. It's kind of we've. This is the first time we've actually spoken. But the first episode of this show I ever recorded, a good friend of mine, John John, took a photo as we were talking to each other, and uh, me and Greg Miller, and you were in the background <laughs> somehow, and you had a similar photo. <laughs> probably from the same media room as your header. So, you've been part of yep. the show since day one.
1: <laughs> it's it's amazing. Like, yeah, my, my photos with Greg Miller, your photos with Greg Miller, and it's both just you're in the background and I'm in the background. Yeah. It's amazing that we're just in the same room. Like, I think I just waved at you once. That was it. Like a, hey, how you doing? Right. You okay. know, like it's it's that stress of like you're in a media room and yeah. you've got to get these interviews, got to get the camera right.
0: So, did you talk did- to Greg as well?
1: Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I actually... I tried to pull off a gimmick, which I was terrified about, which was I tried to have a very serious conversation with him for about a minute, and I gave him this prep, uh, leading it up, saying that it was going to be really serious, really professional, and then I asked the cameraman to powder my face, and the cameraman walked over and just slapped me across the face, <laughs> and um, and Greg was like, oh, it's going to be one of those kind of interviews, and like, yeah.
0: Who were you filming was... that for?
1: <laughs> uh, that's a really good question. I think it was a mixture of... Post skeleton, which was a, a project from from long ago, and I don't even remember, which is even worse. I <laughs> will get back to you on consult that. consult your it's notes. Something else, yeah, it's yeah. not in my notes. For people it.
0: for people listening, Joel has prepared a full page of notes, which I mm-hmm. have to say, if, uh, this is like the eighty eighth interview I've done, and I don't think anyone's ever come this prepared. So you're in <laughs> you're in the right place.
1: It's only because my memory is so bad. Right, I, I'm sure I'm gonna forget half the notes are even there. Okay, but yeah.
0: So let's kick it off with, uh, I guess maybe explaining generosity in detail, and then you can ramble off the five or six other
1: things that you're part of. <laughs> okay, cool. Yes, because you're a busy, busy guy. <laughs> All right. So uh, generosity is a uh, a showcase of Australian talent where it's a it's a live streamed, but at the same time, locally run um marathon that brings together this is the worst way I've said it ever, I think. But um <laughs> Twitch streamers, YouTubers, entertainers, like musicians. We essentially we find a space and we run 24-7. Uh our longest one has been for 84 hours, just because wow. we had we had the content there. And we we raise money for two charities. Uh originally just one but now we're on two so it's Checkpoint and Child's Play. So for anyone who doesn't know, Checkpoint is for uh is a Charity focus on mental health for gamers, with, I guess with a spin directed more towards gaming, mental health within that sector. I'm stumbling on my words. It's great. That's right. And um, and Child's Play is for uh, children in pediatric wards who are going through a really tough time and Child's Play gives them all this different support, including putting consoles and gaming and entertaining these children.
0: Mm. And that's an event that kind of you pull together people from all the different communities to come together,
1: right? Yeah. So it's it started out... Essentially, there was a training room. I was working at the time, like as a sysadmin, and there was a training room which I was asked to refurbish and get everything back together uh, from a network perspective. And I found out that the ISP was uh, the brother-in-law of the CEO of the company, so the internet connection was completely uncapped, and it was just it was this amazing internet connection <laughs> in the middle of, of the rocks, like in you know Sydney CBD. And uh, that's what that's what started the whole thought of this this could be a space for something great and so um yeah it was just a matter of reaching out to anyone and everyone we, we just opened up the floodgates to see who would be interested to come to this this one place and just be silly for charity It's yeah. cool man and how many years ago was that that's you look i've got a page of notes and i don't have any dates <laughs> it's it's, chronotic, it's chron- uh, you must chronology. know how many yeah. times you've done it <laughs> that's true this is the fifth one okay right yeah good Right. I, I don't know. You're, you're asking me. But <laughs> yeah, so it's been about three years.
0: Is it something you've seen? It's grown each year. Have you seen that you've been able to raise more money as you
1: go along? So we, the first year, we raised six thousand eight hundred dollars. It was it went for twenty four hours, and uh, that was just as the people who we could find to to come onto the show, we could fill out twenty four hours. But yes, yeah, since then we've we've seen we've hit about twenty six grand for the one as the biggest cap. But uh, each event since then, we usually sit around that twenty grand mark. So I think it's been seventeen grand, twenty three, and twenty six.
0: That's excellent. You must be really pleased to kind of not that it's all of your work. There's a lot of people involved, but it, it started from an idea that you had in this room.
1: Yeah, it's like I think what makes it so so much fun is there are two sides to it. So seeing seeing these charities, like you know, raising money for charity is inherently a really nice thing. It makes you feel good when you do it, and it makes you feel good knowing that you're doing good out there in the world. But then the other side is actually seeing people who are usually usually have their approach to like entertainment is usually very singular. So they're they're a streamer who sits in their room all day and they stream out to their audience, but they don't have a lot of interaction with other streamers or other you know communities that are out there. And seeing all these entertainers get together and then create friendships, and then afterwards, like six months later, see seeing them hanging out, saying, "Oh my god, I can't believe we met each other at Generosity. I hadn't, I had no idea that there was a community out there that I could join just to." either make content or just to hang out and get like, you know, Korean barbecue or go out drinking, whatever it is. And, um, those are the two parts that I think get really, those are two weirdly, really rewarding parts. And everyone would have actually pegged that second one as like a really rewarding part of it. But yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You're making the magic happen. I'm trying. And, um, I hit this point when I was planning this event where I I felt like I'd covered everything, but as I was reaching out to streamers or, you know, different groups and content creators, uh, I just wasn't getting the response that I kind of poorly. Like I just assumed I'd get, I assumed that people would be like, yeah, let's do it. But, um, through either being filtered through by management or just being, just being some random kind of reaching out. It's very, you know, it was hard to start up those conversations with a lot of these, these really big YouTubers and streamers who mm. probably get a lot of those kind of you know contacts rather every day. And, um, And at the time I was doing a podcast with Lido. I was doing this podcast called owner story time and he was a Twitch partner and he, when I was telling him the problem, he was like, well, Hey, I can reach out to these people and I can start those, you know, kind of get, get them on board and start those conversations. And so, um, that's when, uh, so we joined forces and that's how we, that's how the generosity one whole event kind of really came to the full vision of what it was meant to become. And so he... Uh, there was even a point where I was still, I was going to throw in the towel because I, I'd resigned from my job and I only had a couple of weeks left to actually run the event. And I was like, no, there's not enough time. There's, you know, whatever. I started finding excuses and making excuses. Hmm. And he actually sent the press release, uh, on the day when I was like, no, that's it. I'm, you know, I'm done. I'm not going to do it. I just, I'm losing, you know, my belief that this is going to happen. Um, he said, he pressed in on the press release and I was like, damn it. Now I have to do it because... (laughs) he'd send out this press release and it'd gone out to everyone. But I am so thankful because it was just this moment of, of needing to like confront your own fears or so like that fear of failure was, was starting to win. And so, um, <clears throat> and so the team then was the leader and I, and we ran that first generosity. We lined up different people and we, we a whole bunch of stuff. And then since then we've that, that kind of core group has expanded to, um, to be also now we have Ashley, uh, Ashley or Schley and Austin, Austin Adamson. So it's Austin, Ashley, Lino, myself, and my cousin Kevin, who no one knows. He's uh as in from the that's terrible. No one knows him in the context of being. Uh, he's very much behind the scenes with generosity. He's a financial manager for for a very big company, and he was just really passionate about the how we're approaching all the shows and how we're supporting sure. charity. So he is definitely uh, helps in so many ways when it comes to actual business structure and uh, allowing us to be not for profit and do all the things that we're doing. So I just wanted to put that out that it's I think it's really important to not only there's so many different secrets of of how to pull a show off like this, but it is it is so important to find you know the right people around you when you're trying to pull this off, and you have got to put your trust in people, pick your people well.
0: That's cool. All right, so let's kind of backtrack a little because I imagine that, like, the long journey you've had along the way has led you to the position where you're able to not only run an event like generosity but you know have the contacts have the know-how have the I guess determination and experience to be able to pull an event like this together to get people on board and to make it successful because it would be so easy to start an event like this and just see it flop or maybe it doesn't do as well as you want it to and just give up but you've obviously got what it takes to make it work I that's
1: you know you're putting so much faith in me I, I'd like i <laughs> I'm going to roll that. It is, it is definitely a team effort in the sense that as, as the shows have gone on, you, you find that there are certain people with certain skills, and it's just, it makes it so sure. much easier knowing that, you know, like we have the audio engineer we've used for almost every event. Is uh, I've known him since he was about 12, 13. Uh, we almost died together one time. Right. Uh, he is like, we're like connected. And, um, and he shows up every time, and he gets the, you know, he works on the audio uh, tirelessly for like the 24 hours before the event, and then he spends the entire event playing Overwatch uh, just being around in case something goes wrong. So just like as an example. But, yes, uh, I totally just avoided that question. Let's get back to talking about... Get back to your notes,
0: Joel. (laughs) Okay,
1: I should. See, this is why there are notes. Um, I have had a very weird uh, history, like essentially a career path that has led me up to where I am now. And um, I'd say like it started in the early years of... My parents saying, you know, we love you, but you've got to go and get a job. Uh, when mm-hmm. I was about like fifteen, they were like, You've got to learn about how hard work, you know, makes money and how that can that can be kind of a good thing to to have some some principles and stuff. So I uh, like I worked in I cleaned a cafe for six dollars an hour as like mopping and, you know, emptying grease trays and all this stuff. Then I got my job at McDonald's for five seventy-one an hour. Then I worked in a wow. news agency for nine dollars an hour. And um and then I found out for a brief period of my life that uh if I would go when I went to an internet cafe and I would bet on counter-strike games like I would play in the game and gamble on counter-strike I could actually make more money than I was making from my my jobs at the time. So I started <laughs> That sounds uh, illegal. <laughs> it's, it was you're looking back on it it was completely illegal, but um <laughs> this was like as a I think maybe 15 16 I would um I would go to the same internet cafe where uh, they had security cameras that were controlled by the police because the police were aware of illegal things happening in the area. And um, it just meant that the gambling was a lot more subtle. And so right. you would you would challenge people and challenge people to one versus one each other and you would put down $10. And yeah, so um, that's a kind of a, a part of my... <laughs> I used to make a lot of money, which is... Um, I'm not saying that I was amazing. It's just more... I think the standards were quite low. You know, right. it was like the ability to... To make someone want to fight you for so you could win their money was hard. You were the hustling challenge. them. Yeah, you have to hustle. It's it's true. You gotta you gotta like play badly and you know and talk it's big. Like
0: white man can't jump.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or, have you seen Pool Hole Junkies? Have you ever seen no, that? No, I haven't seen that one. You but got it. the pool,
0: a- like I remember Uncle Phil on Fresh Prince of Bel Air hustling. Yes, a bunch of dudes. It's-, <laughs> it's a it's a game that's ripe for hustling pool. Yeah.
1: You pretty much, you got to lose to them a couple of times and get really mad at them and be like, you know, verse me again. And then you just clean up. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. But, um, <laughs> then I worked, you know, in a video store, in a liquor store, I almost became a policeman, which was a weird thing because I, I feel like I wasn't, I wasn't driven to become a policeman from a moral perspective. It was just more, it was a thing to do, mm. like not being moral or immoral. It was more just like, that's a career. Like mm. I could, I could go down that path. I almost became a zookeeper, but I couldn't get my license to, uh, fast enough on a motorbike to to qualify. And then I studied a music degree, and I think that's when I actually started to to get some skill set, uh, like a skill set that actually helped to where I where I am now with generosity. Yeah, interesting. So, <laughs> but um, you know, I studied a music degree uh, as a Bachelor of Music Arts Management. So it was a combination of like accounting, law, uh, event management. And then performance, so I had music history and all this stuff. And um, at the Australian Institute of Music in Sydney, I'm just, you know, this is half the reason I made these notes. And I feel like I'm just burning through them way too quickly. So um, i got
0: questions, so you can just keep going.
1: Okay. Um, I'll try and hit these out really quick. Then I started a, a digital marketing social media company with two friends uh, where we looked after bands because it was a music degree. I, I'd built up a couple of connections through teachers and just through different projects that we had done. Um I was an intern for a management company called Hub Artist Services, which looked after uh, a couple of indie bands within Sydney. Then I started Tattletails, which was the uh, digital marketing social media company. We looked after a bunch of bands until we kind of had to to disband the whole thing just because times had changed and bigger companies had come along. I then got a job at a recording studio uh, doing a marketing role within a recording studio. And it was amazing, but they shut their doors, uh, about six months in after I started at the job, uh, they shut their doors overnight. So everyone just got a text wow. saying, you know, don't come in tomorrow. There have been some decisions made by the two owners, uh, or more so the two owners had a disagreement and, uh, and yeah, so the door shut and I was like, fuck this. Wait, can I swear on this podcast? You can say what you got to say. Okay, <laughs> so I was like, "Fuck this! I'm leaving the music industry. I'm going to go get a job in IT because that's where money's at, and I'm jaded, and it's and this is you know this is a good decision." So, um, so I worked at University of New South Wales, working in IT in like the School of Maths and Stats, uh, and I worked there for about three years, and I kept trying to start businesses and companies on the side, but my IT job was my wasn't my passion, but it was like my bread and butter because it was just something I was I was able to do, and then I spent another three years uh, working at Rain and Horn. I think it was three years, wow, uh, as a sysadmin. So I started as I started in a support role, then I became a sysadmin by the end of it. And um, What so does a sysadmin that, do? You kind of like, you look after the servers and you, you look after the health of the network. So you keep everything safe so it's not going to get hacked or nothing's going to crash. Like the file storage is all mm. clean and there's always more rooms that if anyone... I guess just nothing kind of goes wrong. So there's a whole bunch sure. of maintenance. But um, but then, uh, I'm going to look back on my notes for a second. I think the fateful day was when, uh, of how a lot of things changed for me, is when I went to the first PAX Australia. And um, going to the first PAX, I had no idea that Australia had such a big gaming community. Like, it just hammered home that in this one space every year, everyone, like every publisher, like every creator essentially just shows up in this one spot and connects and talks and hustles and advertises, makes deals, probably breaks deals. Um, I'm just going to assume, I don't know. And um, and uh, and it was actually, I went to PAX and I came back to my job. And I remember uh, listening to, I, I was a big fan of Greg Miller and a big fan of uh, Brian Altano. So they're the two that you got to get that Brian can. O- yes can you get Brian Otano on putting in, work, <laughs> putting in the work I'd love to yeah I'll try you got it you got it you gotta like oh. tell him you tweet him out and say uh, go on this podcast all right I will I'm gonna see so you know. should everyone listening yeah I'm gonna do that he um he said this one thing which it just kind of stuck um because I've kind of like raced through I was trying to race through and I feel like that took so long no, that's but, um, we're doing well we're doing well okay good um I, as I was working in IT, I was kind of, I was getting to this, this, uh, this part of my life. So there's one thing that I kind of wanted to talk about, which is like something that you're not usually that public about, but it's kind of just there. Like it's just, uh, people do deal, deal with different things, but, um, it's like growing up, I was always very, my attention span was like all over the place and I had a very short attention span. And, uh, so it's that typical, uh, you know, go to a doctor, you have ADHD, et cetera, and um and so i actually use some ritalin yes and so i didn't actually use ritalin when i was younger because my parents my dad is very similar to me and he was like i got this far you know without medication we're just gonna keep you unmedicated and um and i went to a bar one night with a friend of mine who had a prescription for ritalin and i was kind of a bit bit tired and it was just this is just a thing that happened like you know i was young Whatever, he was like, Would you like one of my Ritalin? Because it, everyone, it makes everyone really excited and full of energy. And, um, and I took one, and then immediately I just felt so calm and so not really tired, but it was just like the adverse effect to what is theoretically supposed to happen. Yeah. And um, so even though I knew as a kid that they tried to put me on Ritalin, I never knew how calming it would be to actually be medicated. And, um, so that's, that was right at the beginning. <laughs> that was right when I started at, uh, the university working in it. Right. So I worked for, for about five years. I was just, I, I ended up actually going and getting a prescription and, uh, being on Ritalin and it helped in many amazing ways. Like, you know, mental health and medication is different for every person. And, um, but it helped me a lot because it helped me to focus and kind of get my life under control. But at the same time, uh, it, there was a part of me that I guess like my, the creative or almost hustle ambitious side was kind of just kind of quelled or just wasn't, wasn't as represented as right when it wasn't there. So um, like I was saying, it's different for everyone, but I made this decision to, to get off of medication just because I I kind of, you know, that was at the time that was what I, I thought would be the right idea. And, um and so when I got off of that, I would listen to, like the comedy button? Have you ever, do you listen to the comedy yeah. button? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's I, it's just so silly, but it's just yeah. such a nice, relaxing weekly, you know, piece of content you can hear. And um, Brian Altano said one thing. Sorry, this is a whole tangent coming back to this point. So um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian Altano said, you know, if you wake up, you know, doing something that you love, it doesn't matter how hard you work. You, at the end of the day, you're you're doing something that you feel is is worth doing. And um, that was a bit of a paraphrase, and I almost mi- wish I knew the exact quote because it's it stuck in my head as this thing where I, you know, I was good at IT, but I didn't enjoy IT. Mm. I just did it because it was just a, it was out there as an option. And so when PAX rolled around, I made this really risky, mis- not mistake, but really risky decision to just uh, quit my job when I had no, I didn't, I hadn't planned anything else. I was just like, I can't make the next step because I'm so busy uh, working these nine to five hours. They weren't even nine to five. They were longer than that. And I, I'm too kind of complacent or too, not really even content. I'm just in this same repetitive pattern that I'm just kind of going through. You're just you know, floating. Yeah. Around. And so, um, and so I quit my job uh, with no plan and I was paying rent and I had a, you know, I had a dog. I had a lot of, a lot of things on the line and I was like, if I don't, you know, Kick my own ass. No one else is going to do it, and I'm going to be an IT professional for the next like you know twenty years. And um, but it was right on that tail end of working at the university, uh, working at Renhorn when I wanted to run something. And it was it was it almost started as I wasn't even sure what it was that I wanted to run. I just knew that I wanted to find a, my first step towards doing what I love. Mm. Yeah.
0: That's cool, man. And what was it that you
1: thought you were gonna go to, and where, where did you end up? I, I all I knew is after I had been to PAX, I was trying to distill what it was about PAX that I enjoyed so much, and um, is you know because there's so much going on when you go, mm. and um, I just wanted those the, the same feeling from those three days, and I wanted to find it, kind of run whatever that was to me. So I, I started brainstorming different ideas like running. I even at the point where I feel like it was a really bad idea now and I'm looking back, but I was like, we're going to run like a panel in the middle of the CBD where we're just going to run a panel and invite people. And it's like, who would go to the middle of the CBD to just see a panel? You know, I was like, but I got to find a way to make this, this little weird training room, like just, I've got to run something. And I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even put my finger on what it was. And so the idea of doing a marathon came from, um, I guess like, cause extra life, you, you know, it's a 24 hour marathon. There's a lot, of, I guess there are a lot of like AGDQ, SGDQ. I'm pretty sure they were around at that time. They had to have been, right? I don't know. You're telling the yeah. story. I don't know. That's a good <laughs> question. Uh, yeah, sorry. I should keep telling this, this story. <laughs> yeah. And so like I actually, uh, I was looking at all these other different ideas and I was like, wouldn't it be um, amazing? Oh, that's actually, you know, a part to it is. I could only use the venue on the weekend. So I couldn't use it during the weekdays. So whatever it was, it had to happen from a Friday, you know, at 5 p.m. And it had to be done by the Monday. I then looked at the fact that PAX is only once a year. There's nothing else. I think RTX Sydney had maybe been announced, but it Mm -hmm. hadn't actually happened yet. And I thought it wouldn't be great if there was a mini convention. I'm going to run a mini convention. So the idea was to actually have stalls in the front area of where Generosity is run. Like I was was planning to have about six, seven stalls, tiny stalls, almost seemed like a little medieval market, Mm -hmm. have some streaming and have some entertainment side happening. And so... That was kind of like the original idea. And I just kind of fell around on that idea until it became a full-on marathon. And actually another key part to it is uh, Rain and Horn is like a super brand, which means that they do very specific – they they kind of give to charities slash make things available for charity uh, as long as it's supporting Australian charities. So at the time, I could use the place if I, if I had a cause that was essentially in keeping with what Rain and Horn were trying to do. And they supported charity. So, I was like, this is great. I can run a charity event. It means I don't have to pay them. But I can actually, like, run this thing on kind of goodwill and caffeine and, uh, and see what happens. Goodwill and caffeine is like, if I ever have, you know, write a book, that's, that's what I'm going to call it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've, that's all I pay people in, which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: can get a long way with those two things, though.
1: That's true. Yeah. That's very true. Um, yeah. So uh, I think that's that's kind of how it the first steps of how it started. That's um, cool.
0: So it was uh, it was basically Pax seeing the community there, seeing what could happen, and then finding a way to bring that
1: into what you could accomplish as a as an individual. You said that so well. I. Uh- <laughs> you should be doing this interview I should you know I should just run this stuff through you um yeah that, that was essentially like finding what the magic of PAX because there's obviously there's a lot of stuff like this that the commercial aspect and there's a lot of parts of PAX, which they're not bad but they're not what makes it amazing but it's the it's bringing the experiences to a community mm. that are just so excited to be a part of that experience sure
0: and as you look back a lot of people talk about, wasting their time in, in things that uh, didn't go anywhere or was the wrong place for them to be at the time. But as you look back, do you see those previous jobs in IT and whatever, like music and market, digital marketing, do you see how they were stepping stones to generosity or do you see how they and those experiences made generosity a better product because of what you had learned in those years?
1: I think that um, that that really hits nail in the head from this one thing that my mom has always said to me is that like, so I'm not religious, but I am, you know, I'm Jewish. And my mom's like a very Jewish mom. And she's like, whenever I would complain about uh, something in my life, she was like, well, you know what, now you know IT. And I was like, well, I guess so. And she's like, well, you know what, now you know how to clean a, a kitchen. <laughs> and I was like, but that's not the point. She's like, But yeah, I feel like as, as I finished each job, I've always tried to look for the positive, And I've been like, okay, cool. This even if the skill set kind of becomes outdated and my knowledge is no longer as relevant as time goes on, they've all been complementary skill sets to one another. So it's been, uh, IT has been just so valuable. Like as in surprisingly, not like so little has changed, which I'm I'm mm-hmm. amazed at. Like things, everything's become, uh, become so much easier, but um, nothing has become drastically different to to how like the core, you know, principles of like problem solving that you learn from IT. And um, sure. I think working in the music industry, like seeing seeing terrible people succeed and then seeing really amazing people succeed, uh, was so beneficial because you can essentially see how you get to see almost like firsthand the carrot and the stick uh, approach to success within an industry. And you know, you can almost stop yourself and be like, "I'm doing something right now, which definitely is not the kind of person I want to be." Versus also, this is how I think I should do it because I've seen. Uh, you know, like when I when I was an intern at that Hub Artist Services um, music management thing, it was attached to Albert's Music, which was is a, the the owners of ACDC, and um, he was the nicest. His name was Troy, the guy who ran Hub Artist Services, and he was just such a nice person who would make business decisions that were counterintuitive to making money because he was doing the right thing for almost like his own moral conscience. So he'd be like, look, even Mm. though this person didn't know what they were doing and they only asked for this and they should have asked for this as well, I'm going to help them out because I don't want them to get screwed over in the future. And then hopefully they'll, you know, like just hopefully being good to one another will actually help everyone work together better. So um, I definitely think, yeah, my, my work history has helped in so many ways.
0: That's cool. And since uh, making that decision to start Generosity, you've worked in a couple other cool places. Uh, MS, was it MSNBC and yeah, find oh, finder.com? Yeah, I was
1: at CNBC, like CNBC. CNBC, yeah, CNBC. sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> They're all kind of interwoven. it's yeah. a lot of letters. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, yeah, I worked at CNBC. Uh, I started my own production company called Those Wizards, which we worked for. Um, we've done a couple of different things, but over the span of two years now uh, for Sony Music and... Outside of Sony Music, who seems to be like the only one we've kind of really gone back to a lot, we did like the launch for, no, we did the Tekken developer chat night in uh, Bandai Namco's headquarters. And then we had a Final Fantasy launch. We did a couple of different gaming events that were, yeah, and made like so much fun to do. And you can look, at, look back on them and be so proud about how they turned out. That's also a really fun thing is knowing how many things did go wrong. Uh, well, like, I could go wrong and then did go wrong and then no one even knew they went go wrong. That's that's like, it's just so much fun to be like, I can't believe I pulled that off when so yeah. many things. That's a, I think that's the biggest thing. Like the first generosity, I bought two uh, bottles of vodka and I put labels on them and I wrote plan B and I hid them in a cupboard. <laughs> and the whole time I was aware that they the ISP, the ISP wasn't going to touch the network. But they were in the building, they were, they were renovating. And there's a chance that they would cut the one network cable that was running downstairs. So I knew that at any moment, it could just end. And um, I didn't want to share it with anyone else because I didn't want anyone else to be stressing. But I thought, you know, as long as I have plan B, which is just here are two bottles of vodka, we're, we're going to be fine. And um, <laughs> we never had to use them. We, I've actually got the same two bottles. Um, I don't even know what they are. They... Um, Every generosity, I bring the same two bottles because eventually we're going nice. to need them. But <laughs> I'm sure one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've been very lucky. With and the- then one day,
0: when, when, uh, maybe one day when generosity is no more, you can. Sit down and just enjoy that with everyone. Yes, involved celebration, <laughs> nice. vodka. That's yeah. a
1: good idea. It'll probably taste terrible. The hope is yeah. that it tastes terrible because it's It'd been running for so. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get better over time. I, I don't actually I don't know. know either. <laughs> <I don't>. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He let's knows. say it does. <laughs> yeah. And Finder, what's your role over there? Okay, so I'm the it, it's I'm the Global Video Producer. But when you use Global, it's because there's Finder.com to you, and then there's find.com. And mm-hmm. the global, like, Finder GX, or, like, the global team, is in Sydney as well. So it's, like, the the main hub for everything to do with Finder. So I'm 50% Finder Australia and then 50% Finder Global. But then they gave me the title Global Video Producer, which sounds way cooler than the explanation I just gave. It's <laughs> so, Yeah, it's really fun. We do uh, – it's a mixture of things. At the moment, we have – a uh, daily uh, crypto show, which is run by the founder of the company. His name's Fred, Fred Esther, And he's, he is so wild. It's like, of every show I've ever done, it's I've I've never dealt with someone as wild as him. And I, I love it, but I never know how each day is going to go. Like, it's, it's amazing. Like he'll, I'll, I'll be messaging his per, his personal assistant saying, where is he? And she'll say, he's coming up right now. I so saw him get into the wow. lift and then 40 minutes will pass between him getting in the lift and getting to where I am. And I'll be running around being like, we've got a guest, we need to go live. But um, yeah, so anyway, there's a show, a daily uh, crypto show, which is called like the Daily Exchange. Then we do, uh, there's like a gaming show on Fridays, which is called Games on the Blockchain, which has this really, I'm trying to think of the right words. Can you hear what's happening on, going on in the background?
0: I can hear some dog yeah, noises. Yeah, sorry
1: about that. Games on the Blockchain is about uh, blockchain technology and Chris Stead, who has been this writer for so many things, One of the original founders of Game Informer and this and that, whatever. He's an amazing guy and he hosts the show and kind of does a critical analysis or like, you know, investigative uh, journalism regarding both the positives and negatives of of all these new games companies that are working Mm -hmm. on blockchain. And yeah, and then a bunch of other shows, which I can't talk about because they haven't actually come out yet, but we've been creating some backlogs of stuff. So
0: yeah. That's cool. And are they all viewable at Finder or is Finder a company to put them in other outlets? Oh,
1: they're all viewable on Finder. So they all, right. yeah, essentially Finder has, it is like it's a, at its core, it's a comparison website, but it's been so successful that it's now branched out to creating that studio and creating a um, an agent, a small like an internal agency uh, that to make content for the brand going forward.
0: Yeah. That's cool. And so how has um, CNBC and Finder influenced what you can bring to Generosity now? Because I imagine like bringing it all back, it's probably bringing a level of professionalism and production that you wouldn't have had when you first started
1: Generosity. It, I, every time I look at anything I've filmed at like about two weeks out, I just get mad at something that <laughs> I've gotten better at. Like it's, it's so embarrassing and great at the same time. Like looking at the, the video footage like with Greg – because we had, you know, a professional cameraman was was filming it, but um, just the decisions of how to approach, like the whole interview itself, and then also stuff that I filmed at the the RTX before that first RTX Sydney. Yeah, I'm just so ashamed at how much I didn't know, you know, like compared to now. Like <laughs> now, it's I do I do so many things so quickly. I guess that would be what it really is. It's like when you when every day you've got to make a show, like go live on multiple platforms, and you've got to follow a script that also the host will leave the script. Like he will deviate from the script a lot. Um, bringing up videos and bringing up visual assets and whatever it is like camera switching because it's getting drilled into me every day. It's now, there's not even a sense of fear about it. It's just, a, uh, it's just become not even, not boring, but definitely just a part of, of how I, you know, I just wake up, have my coffee, mm. just go run a show. Like it's like muscle memory. Yeah. And, um, to the point where sometimes I'll actually be sitting there and I'll zone out and I'll actually hear. And, you know, like, as you can see in this image, and I'm just like, oh, I wasn't even following the script because I've just been kind of <laughs> like just staring at a keyboard or something. But, yeah, it's, it's helped so much. Like, Generosity this year. So, there are a couple of things that we haven't really announced, which I'll just say now we might as well. Uh, everyone's going to find Talking out. Talking about packs now. Uh, yes. Yeah, so yeah, we've um, yeah. we have some amazing sponsors. So we have Audio Technica providing us, you know, a variety of yeah, Audio Technica. John just gave a thumbs up. Yeah, Audio <laughs> Technica is amazing. I um uh, anyway, um, we have we have Audio <laughs> Technica as our as our audio sponsor. They're they're providing us with like a mixer and a variety of microphones. Uh, then we have M Wave who are giving us. Uh, we're going to have a, a total of ten PCs. So we're actually.
0: So, essentially, are you saying you're going to be doing a charity, a marathon
1: from PAX? Yes. Or? I can't believe I just yeah. didn't even say that at the beginning. So, this <laughs> PAX, we, so this generosity is inside of PAX. That was the point. I, that's the point I was trying to get to and I totally lost it. I knew okay, what you were saying. Just just No, clarifying. thank you. We, um, yeah. So, generosity is in, inside of PAX. And uh, through the support of like Checkpoint and Child's Play, we're we're raising money for them again there's a hall where a variety of like panels run mm-hmm. where the wombat theater and all the main theaters are. And then if you go one mm-hmm. level up, there's another set of theaters and we're in this room kind of in, in, right in front of them. So if you're lining up to queue into those rooms, there are these two rooms that have like a wall that's just all windows looking out to like the pirate ship down below. And um, yeah, we're going to be running out of there. It's going to be amazing.
0: That sounds really good. Through
1: so much, through, once again, like the whole hustle and the approach to kind of seeing what you're trying to achieve and just finding like kind of any way you can to get there and just pivoting all along the way. Uh, we have Blackmagic as a sponsor. So we, we, ha- we have all these uh, studio cameras that they're providing us with. Uh, so many of these converters, these like HDMI, SDI converters that are just like, I think we need 32 of them. And we, when we asked for them, we were like, this is like, this is way too many to be asking for. And they were like, no, our, our warehouse is down the road. Like that's nothing. Like we have we have pro- probably thousands of them. Like all, you know, demo <laughs> units. Like that's not even a not even a question. So um yeah, they're providing us with two different ATMs. Like we're getting the uh one of the like the six thousand dollars ATMs, which I just can't wait to play with. Like you know the ones with those T bars where you can choose the vision, you choose how you wanna cut right. and then you do you slide it as opposed to just toggling a button. I- I'm gonna have way too much fun with that thing. But um <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so they're the three uh, major sponsors for the show. But um, yeah, I would have never been able to make a setup like this without the experience from CNBC and Finder. Because um, mm. at, at CNBC, I was, I was able to kind of rework the studio and get really involved with how the actual the flow of, like a signal flow works. And then um, at Finder, I actually got the job at Finder because I was hired to build their studio through a through a contractor company, and then they offered me a job while I was there. As instead of um, hiring someone else, they're so like, "Hey, are you looking for a job?" And I was like, "Well, I guess so." Like I'm, you know, it wasn't really, but this place is pretty cool. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Like Generosity is a, a big event. I think you had it in February or yeah. something this year. So to do the same thing at PAX in front of potentially thousands yeah. of people walking past or, or seeing it that's gonna be uh, not just great exposure but a really big job for you guys to pull off and get it right because I guess you don't want anything to screw up in front of all those yeah, people no it's true
1: it's like I think as bad as, as this sounds I am I'm far less stressed for this event than any of the previous ones uh, mainly because I have faith in the the convention centers uh, like network and infrastructure. Hmm. Like every single sure. time, every previous event, I've been so aware of like at any moment this could go wrong, at any moment we could get in trouble for this, like how the you know the internet cutting out was just such a prime example, yeah, um, yeah, I'm excited that's
0: right, yeah, that's good. so before we get into the last few yeah. questions. There's a lot more that you do, Joel. There's a lot of other things you're involved with, so I'll give you an opportunity <sighs> okay. to, shout, to shout them out. I Speak Giant probably yes. the main one, being on the 8-Bit Collective uh-huh. right now. We should, probably should mention what you do with those other guys. Okay, so
1: yes, I Speak Giant is a D&D uh, week. It's released weekly. It's a D&D live play 5e podcast where uh, there are five of us. There's Zach, who's a DM, and then we have Lido, Felicia, Luke, and myself playing the characters, I'm a complete idiot on it, which I, I like to think I'm not as much of an idiot in real life, but everyone's slowly <laughs> making the conclusion that I'm just playing myself. That is, it's on the AP Collective. You guys can go check it out. We're, we're past episode 50 now. And, um, and we, Congrats. thank you. It's, it's been a wild ride of, um, of imaginary storytelling. And I, I didn't think it would be so much fun. And then outside of that, I've got, you know, those wizards, which is just like doing production on the side, which is, it's still there. I spend most of my time with it just kind of redirecting references or redirecting work that people are approaching me with to some of the freelancers that I used to work with. Um, And after that, I have the Sydney Shanty Club, which is a monthly uh, night of singing sea shanties at Spawn Point Bar. And, um, it is so much fun. It was actually... It was,
0: where, did, where did that come from? That's, um, was it
1: Black Flag? Is that this crazy Black Flag? Um, like, that was, a, that was definitely a major point to it. So, it was actually... There's a, there's a shanty club in Redfern in Sydney. And it runs on a Monday night. And it's run by... Uh, it was originally started by this stand-up comedian from Sydney. whose name is like Carlo Ritchie. And um, he started it up. I would go there all the time. And it was amazing. But it was 9 p.m. on a Monday. So, you get home at like, you know, midnight or 1 a.m. on a Monday night. And it's just hard way to start your week like so much fun but such a hard way to recover from so um i ended up talking to him he was just so supportive of the idea of me starting my own so i took the guys down at spawn point and um started one up on the first wednesday of every month and it just means that it can start at you know 8 p.m uh and it also is across the road from my job at finder so it's like extra easy for me as opposed to going all the way out there yes Assassin's creed black flag we actually sing so many of those songs they're so yeah. good, aren't they? Yeah. The next event, which is right after PAX, like a week after PAX, is the is the pirate themed uh it's our pirate edition of the Shandy Club. So yeah. and then uh a bunch of writers from Australia and myself and a few other people are starting up a daily show. I'm gonna try and make this as vague as possible. But a very, very, very short daily show uh that's gaming related, which we've been kind of working towards for a while. Um, so it's outside of Finder, but with Finder's kind of support and blessing and everything. And then sure. um, and then I'm working on two other events, which are, they are long-term, they're going to happen, but they're not going to happen for about six more months. So I'm just going to be really quiet about them until I can like shout from the rooftops.
0: Yeah. yeah. Don't get in trouble.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yep. Those are my things. Thank Sorry, you,
0: Nothing else on your list?
1: <laughs> That's... Uh, <laughs> I think everything else is just, like, all my secrets of how I've managed to get, like, survive this long. Sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's cool. (laughs) We'll we'll get to those. We'll get to those. So, what would you say has been the hardest part of getting to here? Because, you know, all these things you've mentioned, you're putting in work, you're doing a lot of things outside of work as well. So, what's been the hardest part of, of balancing all of that, of getting to this point?
1: I think that it is working all those extra hours outside of, you know, working nine to five and then working those after hours. And then on top of that, wanting to do more, it's the hardest part is when you start to fall behind and you're not falling behind on one thing. You're falling behind on five things because you've got to kind of almost start getting, becoming so ruthless and going, okay, this is out of all of these things. Which one do I care about the most? Which one am I going to get in the most trouble if I'm not doing right now? And so I think, the hardest part is when you stumble as opposed to when it's all going well, because when it's all going well, you're just like, I can't believe I get to work on all these things. This is so much fun. But it's it's kind of like recovering from when you've just over, almost overcommitted. I'm scared to say the word overcommitted. And um, <laughs> I think dealing with that is is equally so hard because I feel like the the answer is to binge Netflix and like eat pizza. And yeah, that's not really the answer at all. But... I guess the answer is to actually just put in more work. But at the time, all you want to do is just kind of have a break from everything that's going on. So um, that would be the hardest.
0: So do you have to have periods where you do just wind down and relax and let deadlines get away from you and then recharge the batteries and take off? Like how do you personally manage that?
1: Okay. So there are a couple, I have a a lot of rituals is what I've been told they are apparently <laughs> um, where Often I'll find myself at a point where I feel like I'm burning out and I'm just – literally today before recording this, I for about an hour, I had so many things to do and I just sat for an hour and I was kind of staring at pretty much nothing, just like time was passing while I was thinking, God, I've got so much I've got to do. And so uh, eating raw chili, I found, is an amazing, (laughs) amazing tactic because it just shocks your system and it doesn't go away for like – you know, ten minutes and it just gives you this like kind of rush of endorphins to to make you do something. So I found that um wow. Did you discover it, that yeah. through like a generosity challenge or something? <laughs> I, <laughs> I I don't even know how I discovered that's it probably probably was. I had like hot pepper. Yeah. I think actually no I used to do a podcast, Gold Story Storytime, and I'd have to edit that. And um and I'd edit it after hours, like, well, you know, working full time, blah, 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 blah. And um and I I think I probably read it on a forum, but I used to, I I tried the alcohol side where it's like, have a shot of whiskey and do it, but I feel it is very bad. I feel like alcohol is never a productive approach. Like if you need to get something done, it's, I don't feel like alcohol is a good, a good Mm -hmm. path to go down. So, um, I very quickly moved to chilies, which are amazing. And also soda water. You could I'm, just drink
0: coffee, you know. You could just. Uh, that's true. Actually, have a I do, do That's true. <laughs>
1: yeah. I drink a lot of coffee, so I'm down to four shots a day. So I feel like I'm at a healthy level. Okay. But um, I used to be at about ten to twelve. That wow. Was a, wow, that was an interesting time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and also music. Actually, that's a, another big one. Is um, I've got these specific playlists that I've I've listened to thousands of times, and um, one of them is it's a it's a uh, bluegrass cover of pink floyd's uh time so you know like the song time i do yeah and yeah and like just the lyrics of how you know everything's passing you by etc etc but it's such a such a hype like hyped up and happy version of it and that's that's one of these key songs that i i often actually listen to it when i wake up like when I wake up and i'm like i'm so tired i don't want to approach today it it helps helps me kind of focus on the fact that like you've only got so much time in your life and you you can spend it however you want but it's going to it's going to pass you by either way mm. so you might as well you know do something that you're you're happy with or proud of yeah that's
0: cool man and what would be your advice to people who want to either work in a similar field to you or run like a charity event or just some kind of community like generosity
1: i i st- stumbled on like kind of a quote i would almost call it a quote i'm not sure you know what i'm going to pull out the exact words <laughs> that i Uh, I wrote a tweet without any images or anything and didn't expect anything to happen with it. And then everyone started liking it. To anyone chasing dreams out there, I'm just going to read this tweet. Uh, (laughs) Quote yourself. (laughs) Yeah. It took me 10 years to figure out. It's not just about not giving up. It's about pivoting. If you come across a barrier of entry or an obstacle obstacle too big, find a way to dance around it. TLDR, never stop dancing. So that's my, my advice is to essentially never stop dancing. If you wanna do something and there are if there's anything, there are gatekeepers or if it's the if if the community is too small or there aren't enough opportunities, just go and create your own opportunities. Like that's where generosity a part of generosity came from as well as how those wizards came into being was that uh, I wasn't able to find like with those wizards, I wasn't able to find the job that I wanted, so I thought I'll create it and then I'll go and advertise it and then people are gonna hire me who I don't even know that they're out there to do the thing that I want to do. So um, just keep pivoting is how I would almost say it. Like there's a there's a time when you know, like when you when you know you've got a good thing and you know that it's and it's working, definitely apply yourself. But don't be scared of of essentially questioning your your approach if you find that it's not working as fast as you want or the way that you want. Yeah,
0: that's good, man. That's really good.
1: The the tweet sums it up really well. I feel like it yeah, Yeah. it's a moment of clarity that I usually don't have. It's like that's what I chase. Yeah. And also actually another thing to the question before, boxing, like boxing a a heavy bag is like (laughs) it's just so it's so simple. Like you just hit this thing. You know, and you don't have to hit it hard. It's just like having a really simple task to um to help you like clear your head is just it's it does such wonders exercise is that what you're saying yeah mm. no i wouldn't really say it. no actually no <laughs> exercise <laughs> is really, <laughs> exercise is really good but boxing specifically all you have to do is like what is what is your mission just kind of hit this thing yeah. how fast how hard doesn't really matter just kind of keep on going until you're done yeah. cool all right
0: joel if you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail what would you do oh
1: that is anything and know that i wouldn't fail I would probably be a professional singer, I think, which is kind of weird. And it would probably be a professional shanty singer. You'd be the first that's one. The first thing that- <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I would tour the world singing shanties professionally on stage. That's- I feel like that's not, I'm not taking full advantage of if you could do anything. I mean, that's fair. pretty cool. I would- <laughs> like, is it a
0: cappella? Is it a stadium it- where everyone's singing along with you?
1: Yes, that would be amazing. Yeah. I think that would be amazing. Because like shanties are all about like, you know, call and response. So, it's kind of like you say a line, I say a line and then you kind of echo each other sometimes or you, you know, you break into the actual mm. core part to it. So,
0: yeah. That's cool. That would I could amazing. see like a professional shanty singer being almost like part comedian as well because you're up on the stage you're interacting with people and you can like yeah. pull people up on stage and where are you from and like have a bit of fun with them. Like that would be really it- cool. <laughs>
1: That's so true. That that's like when you go down to the Redfern, you know, club or if you come to mine, whatever. Um, that's half of it. Half of it is just kind of getting people in the right mindset to to just you know yell songs. Yeah. And it's you've got to you've got to you know if it's through self deprecation or if it's through uh, just blind charisma. I don't know whatever it is. Like yeah. Yep.
0: And the great thing about like a whole big group of people singing together is. If you're bad it doesn't really matter
1: that no that is actually that's what makes it amazing like everyone who who shows up with their first time um I just say to them don't worry because a you're not gonna be as bad as myself and Ian the other person who's like essentially leads all the songs but um B normal note because everyone's either drunk or just singing louder than you and that's it yeah that's awesome. It's amazing. Right. You should come there. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully,
0: we can uh, sing a shanty or two at PAX in a couple
1: weeks. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm really thinking about running some type of shanty thing. So, get ready for me to pull you in and, you know, lead one or two. I mean,
0: you've got the, the content manager on your, on your D&D podcast, so I'm sure he can squeeze an extra panel in there if he has to. <laughs> That's true.
1: That's true. No, I actually... I don't know. If the, you know, I think almost because he is such a professional person and it's almost... uh I've I've asked him. I have asked him one or two things, like maybe we can work this out. And he's like, "Look, it's all about boundaries." He's like, "On the podcast, it's great. We're we're on the podcast together, but outside of the podcast, I am the content manager of Pax, and you got to, you know, like this is a different." <laughs> Don't conversation. talk to me. Like, Damn yeah. it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> talk to my assistant. Yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly. Now Luke's a
0: good guy, a f- former guest of, yeah. the, of this podcast. I'll probably be pushing his episode out again as Pax comes near. So. Uh, Everyone listening to this, go check out the uh, Generosity stream at at PAX. If you're not going to be at PAX, you can probably watch it, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, you'll be able to watch it. So uh, we've got a couple of different strategies for the times that it's going to be running from, but we're definitely inside PAX from 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day. So you'll be able to see the stream happening there. And then uh, we've got a couple of different plans for the nighttime uh, segments. But uh, yeah.
0: Cool, you're gonna be a very busy boy. It's gonna be so busy. I hope, I hope you get time to, to see some stuff too. That's,
1: I I hope so. We we've got uh, we have actually two roaming camera crews as well, filming little segments of the show throughout the the entire event, and we're gonna be splicing those in. So I'm gonna use that as my excuse to kind of roam the hall, to just yeah, go cool. film some stuff. Yeah.
0: All right. If I see you, I'll uh, come yes, and say hi. Yes, get some footage of you. It's gonna be yeah, great. Yeah, be fun. Yes. All right.
1: <laughs> amazing
0: awesome well thanks for coming on the show it's been uh, it's been really good and I think people will, will take something away from that for sure thank you
1: for having me and allowing me to sit in the digital chair of you know Jared Petty and soon to be Brian Altano and you know <laughs> and Greg Miller I guess as well you know let's get him around again you yeah, i trying e-
0: episode 100's coming oh, up really? so I that would be pretty cool
1: yeah hey? good I support this decision episode 100 with cool. Greg Miller make it yeah. happen I'll see you uh, in a, in yeah,
0: that one yeah thank you for having me Thank you for listening, and thanks to Audio Technica. You can catch Joel on Twitter. If he hasn't changed his handle again, he's at Lontre. Of course, he will be at PAX, so will I, so find both of us and say hello. Support generosity with a kind donation. You can support this show with an iTunes review or by picking up some of that sweet putting in work merch. You can find all of that over at 8bit.net slash P-I-W. That's A-T-E-B-I-T. And if you'd like to find me on Twitter, I'm at Jono himself. Until next week, keep putting in work.